Democrats, Republicans, Independents, or anything like that. And one of the things that you'll discover, Abraham Lincoln said, follow men so long as they're right, but when they cease to be right, don't follow them. And so uh, I had to break some ground and territory in talking about this because I'm not loyal to a party. I am loyal to him, to the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is kind of the thing I have in my heart for you pastors. You're the agents of change. And it grieves my heart when I see preachers kowtowing to politicians and wanting to be in that arena, in that light. Because when you go back to the foundations of our country, the people that were looked to for direction, for interpretation of events were pastors, preachers. And so there's some things here just I want to share with you. And, and I want you to, my passion is that you pastors and ministry leaders rediscover your authority and realize that you are the ones that have, the, not the politicians. Now, we saw some things happen in these few states in the New England area that have been on par with a tsunami. What just happened in Massachusetts proves, this is what I told my church, proves my point that as Christians, we're neither Democrat, Republican, Independent, because it was Democrats that put a Republican in office in effect. And I said, don't look at that as our hope. Look at that as the fruit that something's changing. The most liberal state to the point that they had assigned that seat to a family. They put their name with that. And so one of the things is if you go to Genesis 28 and verse 16, there's a re here's a revelation of the church. It says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. There's, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Churches, ministries, we are the gate of heaven. We are the agents of change. David Barton points out so well that when anything began to occur, whether great fires occurred, earthquakes, train wrecks, solar eclipses, people would go to church and the pastor, the preacher, would interpret the event from the scripture. If there was a solar eclipse, he would bring the scripture on that. And so often today, and this is what I tell our church, don't get political, be spiritual. And when we become the body of Christ and rise up in our strength, politics are going to change. But you and I are the agents of change. You and I are the ones that bind and loose. And what's happened is we've gotten our eyes off on politicians and not recognize that if you go back to the foundations of this country, you will find some interesting thing. Most of our founding fathers uh, had seminary degrees. Our Constitution basically is a document inspired by this word here. And we are the one country that's had the same form of government all this time where other countries have gone through two, seven, 14 different constitutions and forms of government. We are a sign and a wonder to the world. And I, I want to encourage every one of you. You know, the word says, study to show ourselves approved unto God. So I have challenged myself to go back to our foundations and understand that we are the agents of change and that if the church will rise up, Jesus said, that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. What did he promise to build? What did Jesus promise to build? And what did he promise to bless? The church. Mm -hmm. Not political offices per se. 
If the church will rise up, we'll get the right people in office. People that are men and women of character and integrity. And I just want to challenge you. Let's go back to the foundations of our country, where we've come from. What made our country great? Because if we ever lose sight of what made us great, we're going to lose what we have right now. And we are literally a modern-day sign and wonder. Now, there are places in the world that have large Christian gatherings. There's one, uh, Nigeria has the largest Christian gatherings on the planet. There's, uh, the small one is 2 million people and the large one is in excess of 7 million. But I'm here to tell you, America still sets the tone for the body of Christ and for right. what is going on spiritually. And I just want you to know, there's enough people in this room to change the world Amen. if we will go back to our roots. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, one of the thoughts that I had running in my heart, you know, I have the privilege of pastoring pastors and missionaries, like I told you, and one of the things that grieves my heart is there's nothing worse than a stuck minister. Um, one of the biggest battles you will ever fight is the battle of containment. And I learned that years ago, and the Lord dropped it in my heart that it'll, He said, Your biggest battle will be the battle of containment. Um, it's the biggest fight of faith you'll ever fight. And containment comes for several different reasons. Obviously, the devil knows that there's so many of us that he's, he can't necessarily change our mind um, about what we believe or about certain things that are in our heart or certain things that were birthed on the inside of us through prayer, um, through times with God, whatever. Um, but So he doesn't necessarily try to change um, our heart, but he does a great job containing our heart. We know ministry comes out of a heart. And if, if the devil can change, if the devil can contain a heart, he can stop whatever it is God put on the inside of us. So the greatest battle of containment, the greatest battle of faith is the battle of containment. It's the greatest fight of faith you'll ever have to fight. Now, one of the things I've learned, it's, it's you know, we've gone through a very difficult time um, uh, economically. We've gone through a very difficult time um, in battles lasting longer than ever. You know, many of us in the church, we have stood longer than we ever dreamed about certain things. In times past, it seems the battles weren't necessarily as long as intense. Um, it's part of the defining moment, which I call the season that we were in, is the defining moment. And you might ask, well, what's a defining moment? Well, my definition of a defining moment is when any out-of-the-ordinary crises, season, comes into our life, this defining moment that's out-of-the-ordinary does something to us. It introduces ourselves to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Something happens that only in a defining moment will you understand who you are. A defining moment introduces you to you, the real you. Not the, not the legend in your own mind you, not the <laughs> fantasy you, not the, pipe, not the press, not what, what you know, the blind um, you know, people that, that like you know, kissing up tell, say about you, but the real you happens when you have a defining moment, when there's something bigger than you, it's lasting longer than you want, you ever expected to, and it's affecting you emotionally and personally, it really defines who you are. It's going to define one of two things. Either you're going to come out stronger than ever uh, with a greater focus, urgency, passion to go after God, or you're going, to, you're going to be a whiner with a loser's limp for the rest of your life. And so it's a real defining moment. And so many people right now, many ministers, I'm talking to ministers, are not handling those defining moments very well. They're getting hurt. They're getting offended. People that have been with them a long time have left, stabbed them in the back, 
Um, a lot of very painful, hurtful things are happening. And because they're not handling that well, they're getting stuck. Um, and, and there's nothing worse, as I said, as a stuck minister. Uh, and usually stuck ministers are cynical ministers. As far as I'm concerned, cynical ministers are a dime a dozen. We have to work really hard not being cynical and keeping it pure and keeping it the way God wants it to. Um, the battle of containment, the devil works tirelessly to do three things. In the battle of containment, he does three things. He hides resources, he distracts the participants, and he puts blinders on the purpose. He hides resources, distracts the participants, and puts blinders on the purpose. Isn't that the truth? If you think of any, any part of our ministry, if there's anything that, that resources um, have been thin, and we've had to be creative, um, it's made us rely on God as our source all the more. Um, but he hides resources. It's a great job hiding resources, people, financial, uh, distracts the participants. Uh, leaders do crazy, foolish things. People start making very weird decisions, good, solid people that you're thinking, man, what are you thinking? You know, um, am I in the right room? And, um, and then puts blinders on a purpose. What are we doing this for again? You know, why are we doing this? Why are we putting all this time into this? And, and so the battle of containment is huge. And um, a verse of Scripture that comes to mind is Habakkuk 3.19. And I'll just read it to you. It says, The Lord of the Amplified, the Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet. Um, So he makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but walk and make spiritual progress upon the high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. Um, The best testimony, I think, that we can all have in this season that we're in is, I'm going through. There's something about going through. Something with that made-up mind. Our theme this year is stay the course. Um, And and we're stay the course people. I know you are too. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. But, But the Bible proves that manifestation comes to those who stay the course. Those who refuse to get stuck. Now, you can't stay the course unless something in front of you is bigger than what's around you. If what's in you is bigger than what you're headed towards in the natural, you're in trouble. You're not going through. There's got to be something worth the obstacles, worth the, the, the issues that we're going through right now. We know that's, that's the heavenly vision. We know that that's what God's put on the inside of you. But we have to constantly rehearse that to be destination-minded and not just get messed up in the journey because the journey's long and can mess us up, but going through. The people that I like hanging around are people that are going through. They're not stuck. The Bible says in, in, in Psalm 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, walk through, not by, not by real estate. <laughs> and too many people right now are buying real estate in the valley of, of terrible decisions instead of passing through. We were meant to get to the other side, not get stuck. Um, I read this years ago. I saved it. Um, It's a true story. The Tartar tribe. I'm sure you've all heard of them. Um, The Tartar tribe of Central Asia used to pronounce a certain curse over their enemies. They didn't hurl words calling for their enemies' swords to rust or their people to die of disease. Here's what they said. May you stay in one place forever. That was their curse. Wow. May you stay in one place forever. If that's not a curse on us, the body of Christ, or us as ministers, 
because of difficult situations, getting gun-shy, not sticking with faith or sticking with the Holy Ghost or putting them in some back room somewhere or getting embarrassed Come by on. the gifts of the Spirit or whatever. If there's never been a time where all these pressures are on us to hide, stay in one place, get stuck, um, I, I don't know another time where that temptation's been so great. Uh, but I refuse to get stuck. Amen. And we have to make up our minds. We're going through in Jesus' name. We're staying the course because what's ahead of us is so much greater than the obstacles that are in front of us. Um, so let's don't stay the same and let's don't get stuck in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. That's good preaching, isn't it? Well, I can tell you that um, we, we've, the last several years, we've started off each year the same with a 21-day fast and pray, fasting and prayer. This year, I knew that when we announced that we were going to start the year off with fasting and prayer, I knew it was going to be different. I didn't know why I knew it was going to be different, but just something in my spirit knew that this year was going to be a, a different type of fasting and prayer. This was the most supernatural fast and prayer I've ever been on in my life. Several things took place during this time. You know, one of the things that I recognized about seven days into the fasting and prayer, I did not realize how far away from God I had really gotten. I prayed, but my prayer had been focusing in mainly on ministering. My prayer had been focused mainly in on where we were headed. I was praying and I was spending time in prayer. But as Pastor Mark said earlier and as, as Pastor Del Turco said also, that one of the concentrations they have for this year is what I recognized was in my own personal prayer life that it was more for ministry than it was for me and my relationship with my Heavenly Father. I realized during that time of fasting and prayer. So during that time of fasting and prayer, I recognized that this year, Something that I believe that we're going to have to carry to another level in the body of Christ is we're going to have to understand the importance of prayer and the importance of fasting. We, of course, need to live a fasted life. Amen? But we need to understand the importance of it. Because Jesus said, when you pray, he said, when you fast, not if. Jesus also said that when the bridegroom was gone and taken away, then the time of fasting would come. And so I, I just encourage you, I know what the Lord has put in my heart for us throughout this year, and that is that, that, that we are going to have to spend a lot of time in prayer and in fasting. Not to get God to do something that he's already done, not to defeat the devil that's already defeated, but to bring our soul in line, to humble our soul. You know, Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and, of course, Peter would like to have stayed there because it was a powerful moment in their life. But Jesus knew they needed to come back down. And as they came back down off the mountain, there stood the religious folk and Jesus' disciples. And the religious folk, the Sadducees, Pharisees, and scribes were questioning uh, his disciples. And Jesus said, why are you questioning him? What's going on? They, and this young man, this father came up and said, y'all know the story. The father came up and said, well, I brought my son to your disciples for them to cast the devil out of him. And they could not. And Jesus said, my, 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 my. 
how long have I got to put up with you guys? And, uh, and I know he said that about me uh, many different times. But uh, how long have I got to put up with that Whitfield character? But praise God. Hallelujah. But anyway, then the disciples came to him. Jesus cast the devil out of the, out of the uh, young boy and uh, raised him up and everything was fine. So, but they're leaving and Jesus' disciples came to him and he said, they said privately, they said, Master, why could we not cast him out? Jesus said, this kind, because of your, y'all know the story, because of your what? Unbelief. He said, this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. What kind? Unbelief. Because he had already sent the, he'd already sent the 12 out and gave them authority over all devils. They came back rejoicing the devils were subject unto him in their name. He'd already sent the 70 out and gave them authority over devils. And he didn't say when you go, hey, let me declare, uh, listen guys, there are certain devils you don't have authority over in my name. So if you come up on one against one of them, you got to fast and pray so you can get, they didn't say that. He said all devils are subject in my name. So what the problem was, not the name of Jesus, but the problem was unbelief in the soul of the disciples who had the authority. I believe for us to accomplish the things we've got to accomplish throughout the, uh, the next decade as the body of Christ to bring our nation back to the foundation that it was laid on and to break containment over the lives of our ministries and missionaries and ministries in our own lives, we're going to have to be a, a, a body of Christ that will spend time in prayer and in fasting. And when we do, we're not trying to get God to do something. We're not trying to stop the devil. We're trying to open our hearts up to that level of faith that we can speak and it will happen and we can walk in it and see God move on our behalf. Can you say amen? And I just believe that this is really Amen. a strong time of prayer. And I also believe that in that time of prayer, I agree what they said, and that is we got to pray in tongues more than ever before. Yeah. I believe it's a time for us, for the body of Christ. We have such a weapon. We have such an opportunity. And the awesome thing about praying in tongues is we pray the perfect will of God. But then know what God does in that when he says we pray the perfect will of God. Then he says if you pray in tongues, you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So I'm telling you, it's a time for us to pray in tongues. And then this is what I believe the Lord dropped in all of our heart during the time of prayer and fasting. And that is every day we read the scripture during the 21 days of prayer. We'd come together at 12 o'clock and pray. And every day but one, we read the scripture out of 2 Samuel chapter 5, where the Bible says that the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king. And so they gathered themselves against him. David said, y'all know the story, but David said, shall I pursue? And the Lord said, yes, pursue, and you shall overcome. And David did, and then David called the place Belperazim, and that is the Lord which breaks through like the breaking forth of many waters. And what the Lord showed me during that time was that Jesus said, out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water, and that when you release your river, I release my river. We may not even be in the same country, the same state, but as God moves on us in the body of Christ and we release the rivers out of our innermost being, they join together in the realm of the Spirit, and then we do got a tsunami. Hallelujah. And we do got a tsunami in the realm of the Spirit to bring about change. So I, I, just, I, I just encourage you, first of all, pastors, leaders, ministers, husbands, wives, I encourage you to pray together. I encourage you Amen. to pray and spend time with God 
you and God, for you and God, not for your ministry, not to preach, but to spend that time in his presence. And then I believe throughout this year and from now the rest of this decade, we've really got to be a praying group of folk. You know, um, George Wesley said, I mean, John Wesley said, nothing leaves heaven until a prayer leaves earth. And uh, Brother Stormont, uh, who uh, was with um, Brother Smigglesworth, um, Smith Wigglesworth, Smigglesworth. What did I say? Smigglesworth? <laughs> I talk a lot about Shabbatasa. No, Smith Wigglesworth. That, that's his name. See, I told you I made up words. But, um, but was Brother George Stormont, who we knew, and um, he, the last five years of uh, Smith Wigglesworth's life that they were together, he lived with him, and he took him to meetings. And they were riding down the road once. And, he, and Brother Stormont said he looked at Smith Wigglesworth and he said, Brother Wigglesworth, how long do you pray when you pray? He said, oh, I never pray over 20 minutes when I pray. And there was silence. Then he looked back at Dr. Stormont and he said, but I never go 20 minutes without praying. Mm. So he lived a life of prayer. And that's what we are going to have to do. And when we do, we'll see the foundations restored, the containment released, and we'll fulfill the calling God's given us all. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, I believe that clap offering was for all of them. Uh, these are very special people in Carol's in my life. We are so blessed by them and the Cassis who are not here and the Vances, and uh, the wisdom that they pour into us, the way they minister to us, the way they strengthen us, the way they correct us and edify us um, is, is such a blessing. And I wanted, I'm glad that you had an opportunity to uh, see the depth of these individuals and uh, all that they contribute to the ministry that you support, the Ministry Institute. So I just, I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart uh, for not just this panel, but for everything you've put. You know, I, Carol and I often say, you know, we've gotten as much back from you as we put in you. And I know you're very gracious to talk about how much, you know, you've gotten from us and the things that have changed your life and changed your ministry. But uh, it's been a, it's been a win-win and that's the way God works. And uh, I just, uh, I just wanted them to have an opportunity to know uh, the quality of people that are leading the Ministry Institute and, and uh, what you're uh, supporting and the, the kind of wisdom that uh, we get to build this. And we're just getting started. I told you this morning, we're just getting warmed up. Here we got a, we got a long way to go. Uh, but it, it's, it's a blessing. I have such tremendous respect for, for each of you. Uh, integrity, wisdom, care, love, compassion, love for God, and, and uh, now you heard it. Uh, so, and hopefully this, this, in addition to that, you got some meat and you got some things to contemplate and to take to God and let him minister to your heart. And, uh, um, I, I just, uh, I thank you most, most sincerely, Carol and I. The, uh, tomorrow, we're not going anywhere. So we've already had our break, remember? Uh, <clears throat> but... <laughs> Usually there's no breaks till morale improves, but I let you have one a little while ago. I was kind of getting sore up here. But uh, the, the, uh,
tomorrow morning, when I, when I kick off tomorrow morning, we're going to get right back on the ultimate. And uh, we're going to talk about the ultimate directional development continuum. Okay, the, the continuum that you have to perfect, imp, implant, uh, inculcate into your ministry, and how you facilitate it, uh, and um, how it will keep you in the ultimate position uh, when you get there. Uh, so we'll kick that off tomorrow morning, and we got a, a full day tomorrow morning. Um, and tonight, of course, we have the fellowship for the CEOs and their spouses. And I'm sorry, leaders, but uh, the hall isn't big enough for all of us. And, uh, but it, but uh, it'll be a time for us to fellowship more. We're going we're gonna to have an opportunity to visit uh, with each other. I, I'm even going to orchestrate something that will... Uh, uh, cause us to reach out and meet people that we, you know, we don't know. And uh, so we can, because uh, when, when uh, everything God does is through relationships and the divine connections. Amen. And so I want to have that. And that was one of the high marks of last year's event was the opportunity to build relationships and make new acquaintances and get strengthened from what I gleaned and heard from others. So we're going we're gonna to do that tonight. And and I'm also, I, might, I just say this quickly too, I, I, I'm going to have a few of our international uh, directors uh, just share a couple <coughs> things about their nation and what you all are providing uh, in their nation. And uh, they don't have to say a long speech or anything, but a couple top notes just so you can get to know who they are. And when you're sowing into this ministry, the people that are leading it around the world and helping us reach pastors and change their lives and keep them strong in their calling and, and uh, get them to the ultimate position so, with God, the way they were designed and created to function, this, this way. So uh, that's, uh, that's tonight. I want you to meet some of them and uh, we're going to have a good time together and plan on 5.30 to 8.30 and uh, then uh, if the finger foods aren't enough, you can go out to dinner and help yourself. Okay, but uh, I'm looking forward to that time. As, it, as I said, it was one of the things that you all said was so valuable in the meeting last, last time, was just getting to meet people from all over the world, like-minded, and like-minded not only in Christ, but like-minded in pursuing this system. And so you'll be able to share with one another an iron sharpening iron. Now, the next thing we're going to do, we're going to spend the next uh, hour uh, or so, uh, we want to talk to you about something that I am very pleased, honored, excited uh, to share with you. Um, and they're going to start, pardon me? Oh, that's from her? Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. Thank you, honey. <clears throat> we have uh, those standing by. They're all going to, everyone here is going to get one of these. And, and uh, I'm asking you, this is the directive, okay? Don't open it. Just lay it down in front of you. And don't even, don't even peek in it, okay? I don't want any peeking either. Uh, but I want to talk to you about a lifetime ministry resource collection 
that God has now released me to release to you. Many of you know this. You've been with me for a long time. These guys, uh, for example, and many others out there, you've, you have uh, said, where's the product? In fact, uh, three people came up to me today at the break and uh, came up here, uh, you know, where's the product? Where's the stuff? You know, the goods. Where is it? And um, they've, been in, they've been pounding me for the, this product for 13 years since I founded, Carol and I started the Ministry Institute and, and uh, since day one, where's the product? Where, and I said, there is not going to be any product until God releases me to create a product. I couldn't explain it. All I could explain was God didn't tell me to do it. And you know, you learn after a while not to do anything unless God commissions it, unless God tells you to do it. So there has been no product. And people say, well, I need, some, I need at least four good reasons why you don't have one. You know, and I got at least 30 reasons back about why I should, you know, but I, I did not have a release. And it was tough there for a while. I mean, when people are saying, you know, we need it, we, it would have made a difference, it will make a difference. But I am really excited to tell you that we have a product. We have more than a product. We have a collection of a, a lifetime ministry, a lifetime for you. It's a lifetime of my learnings, but, and it's five decades of learnings in the military, in the Navy, uh, in the uh, corporate world, two fortune billion dollar companies, my own companies, and working for a mega ministry, and then working for, with clients for 13 years. It's all of that in this. And I'm excited about sharing it with you, and this will change your life. And I cannot, I, I, I am beginning to understand why we haven't had it prior to this, but God did not give me a release. And, but, now, but a year ago, he said, have the maximum CEO event, capture it on video, which we did, and it's, it's, a, ter it's a terrific um, collection of 27 sessions from three and a half days of training, 1,100 uh, 1, minutes of me, oh, whoopee, no, <laughs> of God speaking through me. He trained me for five decades, and it is a lifetime collection of the basic foundational fundamental principles, the system. And it's the things that God taught me all those years. And so uh, I want to share this with you and um, I want, you can, you can open it up if you would. And I'd like you to look at page one only. But this is Maximum CEO Executive Resource Collection. A lifetime, it's a lifetime for you. This is a collection of material that will, it, it's, it's, this, is, this is systemic to how to build a ministry. This is not time dated, it's not gonna go out and something else is gonna come in. This is systemic. The lifetime foundational training system for, to develop future generations of leaders, like we talked about this morning. This isn't about making it through the month or making it through the year or the next five or 10 years. This is 
training generations of leaders to sustain the work that you've worked so hard to do, but this becomes a library of material, resource material, that you and your people can today use and continue to use over the decades on the shelf. Now if you'll, so it's, it's from last year's Maximum CEO, but we've added a, a number of other things to it. If you'll open up to the center spread, um, this product will be, I wanted it to be permanent. I wanted it to be elegant. I wanted it to be, uh, to sustain itself. In other words, it's quality enough so you can use it and use it and use it. And then the, when you're long gone, they'll still be using it. We, I have some of those collections. I have some of those things from people that have changed my life and we're still using them after all these years. But the, the, so up in the upper left hand corner, an executive library volumes, handcrafted leather. They'll be in leather, so they'll last. They'll look executive, presentable on your shelf, but more importantly, they'll last. They can be used. And then and down in the lower right-hand side of that same page, uh, there's a picture of a cover. Now, these are being developed. We're, we're working feverishly. Getting, I've been editing, we're halfway through the 27 sessions. And it's time-consuming. Phil Cook, you met him last year. Uh, Hollywood producer, quality stuff, it's powerful. Uh, three and a half days of, of, of the basic training, the foundational training, but it's, it's in a, uh, a leather case, and the, the first one will include 27 sessions on DVD. The second one includes 27 sessions on CD. Now, th this, is, this, this is a product that was developed with a heck of a lot of wisdom, not just from these three, but from a multitude of wisdom or counsel. Uh, and then the third one is an executive instructor's guide. And if you'll shift over to the far side of the, to the opposite page, across the, uh, uh, to the center fold here, the executive instructor's guide, uh, these are actually, these are not going to be the final ones, but these are two that were done by the Grunewalds in Germany. And uh, they've not only done them in English like these, but they've done them in German. They've translated them. But they, but Pastor John and Michelle and their team have, have designed these. And I, I'm going to uh, do these a little bit differently. Just, I'm going to break up, in other words, the tachometer. Those four boxes up there will be on four separate pages because there's so much meat. And so I want, so this is an instructor's guide. This is something that you will use then when you train your people. And generations from now will use when they train their people. So it's the workbook that you've been having. The one that you don't bring every time you come, you just keep getting a new one at the, okay. This is no way to sell a product, stop that. So the, the, these are an enhanced workbook diagrams, writings, notations, and so forth. And um, we'll do that for the basic training workbook, and, and we'll, we're developing that now. So that's part of the instructor's guide. The second part of the instructor's guide is drop down one to the open three-ring binder here, the leather binder. You will have an opportunity to get a decade of coachings, 60 coachings that I've been sending to the partners over the years, but some of them 
have received all of them because they started with me way back then. But some of you have maybe a third of them, some of you just a few, and some of you uh, have just half the collection. But 60 topics, and in your packet, don't go there now, but there should be uh, a listing of all those topics. We'll look at that in a minute. But the, the focus page, the executive brief, and the whiteboard, the, the, the topics, 60 coachings, so that was uh, also to go into the executive instructor's guide. So you've got the, the, and then also in the executive instructor's guide is a session, a section that I've designed with the help of these to uh, teach you how to teach this. I've taken my cue from what I've learned, what I know, but also from what they have recommended that we put in how they implemented these things because they've been successful. So we need that counts. So there'll be pages in there that will tell you how to do this with your people, how to impart this information to future generations of leaders. Then if you, and then below that is a, in the next volume, the fourth volume here, will be the leader training manual. And this will be uh, essentially like a book, and it will be three and a half days of the basic training in writing. And what I, what I would recommend you do, and they've concurred, is that this would be required reading for your people before you begin the training process. So you start with session, wherever you want to start, but uh, you start with the first, well, I would rec be recommending to you that you start it like I present it. You know, over there and you go, it's, a, it's continual, it pro it's progressive, it, uh, it builds. So you would start with the first C DVDs and you would teach, the, you would play it, let them watch it. We tried to make them into 35, 40 minute sessions so that you're there's time to discuss them after we've watched them. And then you're gonna have your instructor's guide, which is gonna tell you how to facilitate that meeting. And then it will give you also uh, the diagrams, the teacher's manual, the te instructor's guide here of, of what, what the key components are that are in writing here that you just saw on the visual. I don't know how this could be any more comprehensive. Then you will also get a thumb, fully loaded thumb drive of uh, and there's an index down here, which is also in your packet. We have only edited the, uh, I think that we're up to number uh, uh, 13, if I remember right, or maybe it's 15. And so I've simply taken the topics off of each, of one, each one of the DVDs or CDs, and, and there, it's gonna be on the computer. It's gonna, you may be able to log on <coughs> and get access to all of this teaching and there, I just gave you a sample in your packet, and it's down here in the lower left-hand corner. You wouldn't obviously be able to read that. But se I think it's session eight through 15. And it lists the topics that are on each disc. So you would know if several, so Pastor Cassie, I remember him saying to me, I want something where when I'm gonna go have a meeting, or I'm gonna teach my people about running a meeting, then I wanna be able to go to my index here, and I wanna be able to find that, and I want them to say, okay, now watch this, and then let's discuss it. So it's an index so you can get right to the action. Um, and then um, the, back to the leader's manual over here, required reading prior to ministry training. 
that I mentioned that. Another would be ministry orientation manual. When I went to work for the limited brands, or when I went to work in any corporation, they gave me a manual, a whole bunch of stuff, and they said, read this. And you don't do anything for a couple days till you read all that stuff, and then I signed off that I read it. And it gave me all the rules and all, but we've got to teach them the system. And so this manual is the system, and they should read it. And, and you ha you're not going to be, a new person joins the fold. You can't now sit down immediately and take them through the whole training again. But, but you can have them read the manual. And you can now they get their head around it. The overview and then all of the sessions that I did. And, then there, and there's also going to be a, uh, a DVD in there or, or a uh, CD probably. It'll be a CD of me speaking to the leaders. And that'll be also part of the training manual. So this will be life-changing teaching, not only to help you build a ministry, but for their own personal effectiveness. The quality of their life will, is proportionate to the quality of work you're gonna get from them in your ministry. And then, you know, to, so, the, so what is the collection? It's 27 sessions of DVDs up here in the left side. 27 sessions of the DVDs, 27 sessions of, this, of CDs, executive instructor guide with teaching how to facilitate it and a completed workbook, executive coachings, 60, which go right into the same binder. So you've got all the, co all the workbook and all the coachings for, uh, for 60 top, 60, an index of 60. Then the leader's manual, and eventually what we wanna do is, is present this, uh, give, give you an opportunity to buy the leader's manual in bulk. You know, we, we're, we're, let me just say this, we're halfway through, uh, we're, we're more than halfway through, but we're, we're, we still have a couple of months. I hope it's, you know, less. But we have a couple months to finish this collection, the editing and some of the writing and so forth here. Uh, but, it, but it will be done. Loaded thumb drive and un, un, uh, unlimited online training access. So unlimited online uh, opportunity as well as the loaded thumb drive. And then so why would this be a value to you? An ever increasing investment because this isn't just for you and this generation but this will last for as long as your ministry is lasting which will be a long, long time. The quality of your life the impact, so for you personally, to study and to become better, more proficient, repetition is the motor of learning, the impact on your ministry, God's mandates achieved, and future generations of God's leaders will have this at their avail. 